0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم ما بعد فقال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَوْلَادَكُمْ مِنْ إِمْلَاقُ نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا مات الإنسان إن قطع عنه عمله إلا من ثلاثة إلا من صدقة جاريه او علم ينتفع به او ولد صالح يدعو له وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نحل والد ولدا من نحل افضل من ادب حسن او كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم صدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين وسسبكت لازم مردس It is the desire of every parent that his child becomes the coolness of his eyes. And this interpretation of the coolness of our eyes, many a times we have certain aspirations for them and certain goals for them in their lives. But most of the time these aspirations and desires are the financial or the material security of our children. Yes, this is something natural in every parent, that he wishes that his child be financially and materially secure in the future. But more important than this, our children should be the coolness of our eyes as far as they are fulfilling the obligations of Sharia, as far as being committed to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because that will bring true coolness to our eyes, not only in this very world, but it will, be, it will be a means of coolness of our eyes in the hereafter as well. So when this should be our goal and our objective, it is obvious that we should make an effort in this regard to guide our children. As it is very beautifully said, that our children are our business. And the more effort you put into them, the greater the returns. The greater the returns you will find in this world and in the hereafter as well. Many a times, with the emphasis that is put on circular education, on their schooling and their university, etc., then this mainly brings in them the concept and the importance of this world and the wealth of this world. So, this may guarantee some financial security. And the parent has this hope that in the future my, my child will be able to earn and he will be able to support himself financially. And when I get old and I am weak and no longer able to earn, he will see to my needs as well. But when that true dini education and Islamic upbringing is not given to that child, then many a times Allah forbid the reality is the opposite. That the time when a parent requires his child the most, then the child is totally neglected. And this is a reality which is witnessed in the western countries, according to one of the researchers that was conducted in the year 2008. America at that time had 1.8 million beds for the old old and the elderly. That was the facilities, 1.8 million. And that was 2008. It is obvious that over time this would have increased drastically. And because of this very same concept, that when children are given the importance of worldly education and materialistic thinking, then when their parents are no longer a means to secure their material life, then now their parents are considered to be material burdens. Then they dump them in the old age homes and neglect their responsibilities. So it is important... As is guided in the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi has advised us, the greatest offshore investment that any person can put is his children. In the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, Ida matal insan inqata' anhu amaluhu illa min thalatha." That when a human being passes away, then there are three things. All his actions terminate but three actions. All his deeds come to an end. Now he is not able to do any good deed to earn a reward, to, to increase his reward and his virtue and his good deeds in the hereafter. But besides for three things. The first is sadaqatin jariyatin, Where a person spends in charity and that reward continues to benefit people. For example, by a person donating to the construction of a masjid, the building of a well, a borehole, etc. So that is one. The second is knowledge through which others will be benefited. Dini knowledge through which others are benefited. That this person now, he, for example, he authors a book on Islamic knowledge and that becomes a means of others taking benefit. So as long that he's taken benefit of from others, he will continue to receive the reward of it. And the third is a وَلَدٍ صَالِحٍ A pious child who makes dua to Allah for his parent. This is the greatest offshore investment. Our children. That when we will invest in their deen, then we will find the benefit the time when we require it the most. And that is in the akhirat. In one, another hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has mentioned, مَا نَحَلَ وَالِدٌ Nah, that every parent desires to give his child the best. But if we have to ask us what is the best, then we would say the best of this world. But what was the definition given by Nabi Wasallam That no parent can give his child any gift better than good, good character and good habits. So imparting in him good qualities, good characteristics giving the child a good Islamic upbringing. That is the best gift that any parent can give his child. Once Nabi Isa alayhi salam was traveling, and he passed by a place, and there was a grave situated there. So when he passed by this grave, he found the malaik of Adab punishing this person, the inmate of this grave. After some time, he happened to return and pass by the very same grave. On this occasion when he passed by, he found that the malaika, the angels of mercy had thronged to that grave. And this person was enjoying the niamat and the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So amazed at this, Nabi Isa salam stops by, he performs two rakat salah, and he makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that oh Allah, this very same person, after some time I have passed by, previously he was experiencing the punishment of Allah. And now he is enjoying these benefits and the malaika of mercy are at his grave. What is the wisdom behind this? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed Nabi Isa alayhi salam that this person was was a very evil person and he would disobey me. But when he passed away, then he left behind a wife and that wife was pregnant with a child. And when this child grew of age, the mother then admitted this child into the maktab. And the first day this child came to the maktab was the day you happened to pass by this grave. And the ustaz, the teacher had taught this child to recite Bismillahir rahmanir الرَّحْمَنِ In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then informed Nabi Isa salam that O Isa, استحييت I felt ashamed of my servant that I will punish him while he's within the ground. And on above this ground, his child is taking my name and imploring me. I felt hard and therefore I withheld the punishment and I saved him from the punishment. It was the statement of the pious people of the past that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended to punish any nation... Then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would see first whether there are children who are learning the knowledge of Deen and are reciting the Quran in that locality, and because of the blessings of the children learning the Quranic Kareem, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would withhold the punishment. So this children learning the knowledge of Deen and learning how to recite the Quran is a means of holding back the punishment of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. One is on an individual level. For ourselves, our children are learning. it's a means of salvation of the punishment of the fire of Jahannam. And also on a higher scale, protecting that locality from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the blessings of these sinless children learning the quran al and learning the knowledge of deen. In the past, in the time of Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this was the thing that was given utmost importance. The primary education and the knowledge of deen. Therefore we find that when any group of people would accept Islam or any when any individual had accepted Islam, then first Nabi Wasallam would entrust him to someone or entrust a sahabi to that group to teach them the basics of the knowledge of deen. And therefore we find the incident, the famous incident of the acceptance of Islam of Hazrat Umar رضي الله عنه, That he had come to the home of his sister, and Khabbab ibn al-Arat رضي الله عنه was teaching his sister and his brother-in-law how to recite the Qur'an. As this was the early stages of Islam. And that brought his curiosity, and that became a means of him accepting Islam. So this primary education and knowledge became the means of Umar with this great sahabi accepting Islam because of this. Then when the Ansar, when the small group of Ansar, approximately twelve Sahaba, had come to the valley of Aqaba to pledge at the hands of Nabi sallallahu Alaihi wasallam and accept Islam during the months of Hajj. So when this group of twelve people returned to Medina Munawara and began to make an effort amongst their people after some time, they sent a message to Nabi sallallahu alayhi requesting that he send to them someone who will teach them regarding the fundamentals of their deen. Thus we find Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sent Musab ibn Umair radiyallahu anhu to Madinah Munawara to educate and to teach the people of Madinah Munawara. So therefore he is known as the first teacher of, of Madinah Munawara, Even before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa arrival, Musabi Ni anhu was given the responsibility to teach the knowledge of Deen to the people of the Ansar. And like this, throughout the different eras, in the stage of in the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when any people or any group would accept Islam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would send a sahabi, a learned person, to educate them, to teach them the basics of the knowledge of Deen. So this continued in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in the Khilafat of Abu Bakr, Anhu, that there was no formal system of ta'lim of teaching the children the basic knowledge of Deen. But as per the need, they would educate the people and teach the, the children, etc. However, in the era of Azul Umar, عنه, he formally set down set a, a, a timetable for the teaching of the for teaching the children the basic knowledge of Deen. Amir ibn Abdullah al-Khuzai one of the tabi'een he was given the responsibility by Azr Umar radiallahu anhu to teach the children and Umar radiallahu anhu would see to his salary and would pay him from the public treasury and his responsibility was merely to teach the children and then later on initially the children would be taught the entire day then Umar radiallahu anhu then set a time that from the time of Fajr until mid-morning and from Zohar until Asr, and in between they would have a break, and afterwards they would have a break. Similarly, later on, Umar then also selected the day of Jummah to be the holiday for the children where the children would not have to come to learn. So, this became a formal system and a structured system in the time of Umar where we find that this basic and this fundamental education and primary education of deen was now emphasized and put into place and like this this remained the system throughout history we find Imam Bukhari rahmatullah the very great muhaddis the very great scholar of hadith he himself mentions on one occasion he says Ul-him I was inspired to memorize and to further the science of hadith while I was in maktab so the student asked Imam Bukhari rahimahullah, that what age were you at that time? So he says, I was the, at the age of 10 or less. And then he says, from that time onwards, I then began to sit in the, the gatherings of Hadith of Imam dakhili rahimahullah and others. So nevertheless, that time, that primary education became the means of inspiration for this great scholar of deen, who became a great scholar in Hadith and became a means of many people learning the knowledge of hadith and also became a means of preservation of the knowledge of hadith then in the time of Umar he would instruct Amir ibn Abdullah that when you teach the children then those who are weak they should be you should write on a slate and show it to them and teach them in this manner and those that are weaker they should be taught verbally Sheikh Ul-Hind Rahmatullah alayhi, the very great scholar of the Darul Ulum, Jawban, in one era when the whole effort was being made to establish the Khilafat in India and the fight against the British. So, because Sheikh Ul-Hind Rahmatullah alayhi was involved in trying to establish the Khilafat and to oust the British from India, so therefore he was imprisoned for four long years in the torturous prison of Malta. So when Shaykh Uleen Rahmatullah was now released from prison, after four years, then a very great gathering of ulama and learned people gathered at the time of Isha in the Darul Uloom. And many people wished to learn and to hear the advices that would be shared on this occasion. After four years, what would he advise the people? What advice would he give? So Shaykh Uleen Rahmatullah mentioned that in my entire time in the prison, I began to reflect and ponder what was the cause of the downfall of the Muslims throughout the globe. That what was the means and the cause of them suffering this problem and difficulty. So he says, after pondering and reflecting for this entire duration, Allah inspired me that there are two main causes for the downfall of the Muslims. He says, the first is, them neglecting the Quran whether it be the recitation of the Quran the learning of the Quran in other words the primary ta'aleem and the teachings of the Quran and the second is because of their fighting amongst each other because of their infighting this has created and caused their downfall and then he mentioned that when I came to know of these two causes I have made a firm resolve when allah subhanahu wa taala releases me from here i will make and direct all my efforts to preserve these two things to make an all out effort to prevent people fighting with each other muslims fighting with each other this infighting this petty quarreling i will make an all out effort to prevent this and the second is to instill the teachings of the quran within people and by this firstly i will i will establish makatib and maktab throughout the country in the various villages so that the children can learn the knowledge of the Qur'an and the basic knowledge of deen and together with this to establish the classes of tafsir the lessons of tafsir of the explanation of the Qur'an so that we can learn the Qur'an and practice on the Qur'an so it is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and perhaps this is something unique to the ummah of Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that Allah has given us this ability to learn the various sciences of the, of this deen of Islam. Would it be the knowledge of the Qur'an, the knowledge of fiqh, the knowledge of hadith, and the knowledge of the adab, the akhlaq, the etiquettes, how should we conduct and behave, the knowledge of Islamic history. All these basic aspects of deen are taught and are instilled within children from a young age. So this is something unique. Perhaps no other religion has this, where the children have the knowledge of their deen from a young age. So this is a great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then when it comes to the Qur'an itself, being able to recite the Qur'an in the same language that it it had been revealed more than 1400 years ago. This indeed is a great sign of the preservation of the Qur'an. If a person has to take, he has to find out, then he would come to know that there are perhaps not even 1% of people who can read their scripture in its original language. But the Muslims, they are so vast in number that it cannot even be counted. It's not even possible to be counted. So this is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and more specifically it is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this country that Allah has put and has made the system so firm and so strong that we find that the children learn these elementary aspects from a very young age. So when this is the great bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us and specifically in this country, just for us to understand that how strong the system and the syllabus we have that people from other countries, even people from other Arab countries, come to our country to learn this maktab system, and then to implement it in their countries. So this is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the effort of our early and senior ulama that they had brought about such a system. So the appreciation for this great bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be, that we ensure that our child attends that maktab. And we ensure that our children diligently learn and benefit from the system. One is, our children many a times are not attending Muslim schools. And if, even if they are attending Muslim schools, the time dedicated to Islamic education is very minimal. And something very very less. And sometimes when children are not, ed- not edu- they are not even going to Muslim schools, and they are going to Christian schools, and they are not given this basic education on deen, Allah forbid later on these ideologies and these mindsets then come into them. Then Allah forbid you will see them saying statements like that of Christians, and some things which are jeopardizing the iman. So this is something very important that we ensure that our children, they go to this, these makatib and they attend these maktabs, And we should give it the full time and the full right. Many a times what happens is our children attend the maktab. But when the time comes for some other activity, some extracurricular activity or some tuition, then the child is now removed for that extracurricular activity. And because of this, the knowledge of deen is affected. Also sometimes the child only attends for a very short period, up to the age of 11, 12 when he is now barely getting the understanding, the basics of deen. So it's important that right to the senior years of education, they continue with this maktab and learning this, these important aspects of our deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to instill in our children the correct ways, and the correct morals, and the correct ways of Islam. Wa Alhamdulillah.